This is the message from Connection Community Church for Sunday, February 7th, 2021. But... And Alan, I just need to say, we are blown away by the fact that you're here. And we're also blown away by the fact that the volunteers and the praise team and the tech team got here like way early, eight, you know, after eight o'clock so that they could be prepared for you. So it's awesome to worship together. And we are so privileged Absolutely. to pastor this congregation called Connection Church. Absolutely. Yeah, thanks. Oh, I do. I was so into that. <laughs> All right. I usually start, so yeah, yeah. we flipped it up there. So it's Super Bowl 55. How about that? Oh, yeah. And um, yeah. That so was, uh, that was it's, underwhelming. It's probably the one football game a year that I, that I watch. And I kind well, of watch halfway. it. You have like, plans while I do. You watch I, it. I have a stack of magazines ready to flip through <laughs> during the game. But I, I try to read about the guys that are playing and read about the team so that I can talk a little bit about this to my husband uh, because I know it's important to him. Um, how about those Kansas City Chiefs or the Tampa Bay Buccaneers? Uh, so I'm just wondering. I don't want to cause any controversy here. Wait a minute. What did you just say? The Kansas City Buccaneers? No, Kansas City Chiefs. Oh, there you go. Maybe I said Buccaneers. <laughs> I don't know. I had to look up to see who was actually playing. So, who's for uh, Tampa Bay? <clears throat> who's Ooh. for who? For who? Tampa, Tampa Bay. Did I get it right? Yeah. Chris yeah. Godwin. Yay, Chris Godwin, our Middletown boy. Yeah. Woo! Yeah. Good How job. about the um, Kansas City? All right, Carlton, you're Kansas City. All right, Carlton. Oh, you're the only one. The lone wolf. <laughs> Everybody else here is. <laughs> All right, so today is a good day, and it's just good to be together. Man, oh, man, the amount of money that they spend on advertisements, that kind of makes me sick a little bit, but um, it is a big day. It's only $5.6 for 30 seconds. Oh, it's crazy. It's just crazy. Anyway, your is that turn. it? My turn? Uh, I'm done. <laughs> so the Super Bowl. You know, the team makes it to the Super Bowl, <clears throat> and especially the team that wins the Super Bowl, the teams, or in that case, a team that does not make excuses, okay? Teams that will not use the word but, single T, B-U-T. You know, like, we had a great team, but, but our quarterback got hurt, so, or we had a great team, but our offensive line, offensive line all got COVID, so, you know, excuse after excuse after excuse. A couple years ago, when my team, the Eagles, finally, well, they were in the Super Bowl and finally won the Super Bowl. Hello. There we go. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, they, um, they had a lot of challenges that year, uh, even including losing their starting quarterback, their franchise quarterback, you know, uh, before the end of the season. And yet, they still were able to take it all because they got rid of that word. But they had a lot of injuries, like I said. But they had this one, next man up attitude, you know, whatever it takes. Next guy up, next guy up. We're going to not use excuses. They got through. They won the Super Bowl because they got rid of all the ifs, all the ands, and all the buts. Absolutely. And that's our focus this morning. Our focus this morning, as we take a look at not allowing excuses to get in the way of what God calls us to do, not allowing excuses to keep us from our mission, say it with me, of connecting people with Jesus and the new life he offers. In other words, today we're going to focus on kicking butt. Out. 
single T. Yes, yes. Good morning, Connection Church. It is so good to be together here and there and everywhere, wherever you are. My name's Carrie Jones. I'm Alan Jones. And we are two sinners who have been saved by the grace of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Before I pray, um, there's like 78 people that I see are tuning in on Facebook. I thought we might, you know, the weather's keeping us all in, so that's, that's a God thing, that's good. Um, if you're on YouTube, could you let us know that you're with us? Just raise and, your hand and wave right yeah, now yeah. so we can no, see No, but it. actually, it really helps. I want to pray for everybody watching today. It's important to connect with you. If you could put, um, oh, right here, connect.justshowup.church and fill out your Connect card if you're online because I'm going to spend some time today while I'm watching maybe a little bit of Super Bowl praying over all the names of who's tuned in today. I'm probably going to be more focused on the game. I hate to on say. wings I, I, and shrimp. I can't do two things at once. We're once. having a party, just the two of us. Okay. <laughs> Let's pray. Almighty God, thank you. Thank you for today. Thank you for those gathered virtually and here in person. And God, we just, we want to connect with one another. But most of all, we want to connect with you. And so use this message, Lord to do just that. God, through the scripture, through the words, whatever it is, through your Holy Spirit, God, open our hearts. And we pray all this in the name of the Father and the Son and by the power of the Holy Spirit. And everybody said, amen. Amen. So excuses. <clears throat> when I think of excuses, I think of the Bible, I think of Moses. He was like the major butt Insky in the Bible. If you were in uh, the Disciple Bible study this week, uh, we talked a little bit about Moses and his Budinsky-ness, or whatever you want to call it. You know, God called him to lead God's people out of Egypt after 400 years of slavery under Pharaoh. We find his story in the book of Exodus, second book of the Bible in the Old Testament. So, while Moses was out tending the sheep of his father-in-law, um, Jethro, interesting name for that area of the world, God called to him through a bush that did not burn up, a burning bush that didn't burn up. Interesting. And he told him that God was sending him, Moses, to free the Israelites who'd been head captive 400 years in Egypt. So let's start it off, Exodus chapter 3, verse 11. Here we go. But Moses said to God, <laughs> Who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the Israelites out of Egypt. Now, granted, Moses doesn't actually say the word but here, but it is used in the scripture, so he might as well have. He might as well have. God goes on to explain this plan and his plan, and Moses is offering excuse after excuse every single step of the way. Ultimately, he's saying that He's not eloquent. He can't speak right. You know, his words don't come together right. And God tells him that he, God, will speak through him. Teach him what to say. Mm. So then we jump ahead to 4.13, Exodus 4.13. See that word again? Now, like I said, Moses isn't actually saying it, but it's right there in the passage, so he might as well. But, Moses said, pardon your servant, Lord. Please send someone else. Here's God's response, and Hello. Because this has been after several 
kind of excuses, okay? Kind of, God's kind of at the end of the rope. The Lord, then the Lord, verse 14 to 15, the Lord's anger burned against Moses, and he said, what about your brother Aaron, the Levite? I know he can speak well. He's already on his way to meet. You know, God already had this thing in, in process. He's already on his way to meet you, and he will be glad to see you. You shall speak to him and put words in his mouth. In other words, Aaron's going to be your, your spokesperson since you're so scared of getting out there and doing it yourself. I will help both of you speak, and I will teach you what to do. Wow. It also gives a good example of teamwork, Absolutely. which God wants. Teamwork, Absolutely. no lone rangers. So God really did not like Moses' excuses. Hello. <laughs> because God is going to give him what he needs, what God is calling him to do. God doesn't call the equipped, he equips the called. We say that a lot. He doesn't call the equipped, he equips the called. And God just does that with Moses. And Moses, in fact, did lead God's people to the promised land. And so if we do a little survey, we find there are a lot of buttinskis. When I say that, I don't mean people who put their nose in other people's business. I mean people who want to say, but, 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 and use it as an excuse. A lot of buttinskis through the Bible, in addition to Moses. Another good example is found in the book of Judges, a couple books later in the Old Testament, in the person of Gideon. Anybody ever heard of Gideon? Like Gideon's Bible you find in a, in a motel? Some, um, a lot of times, yeah. Gideon. Chapter 6, book of Judges, opens by telling us that the Israelites did evil in the sight of the Lord. Huh. Well, that's not unusual for him. And for seven years, God gave them into the hands of the enemy, the Midianites, who were merciless. They were merciless. And then the people cried out to God, who told them through a prophet that they had been unfaithful to him, unfaithful to God. Then the angel of the Lord came and visited Gideon, who was threshing wheat in a wine press. And this is interesting because you thresh wheat out in the open because the, the air has to come through and separate the wheat from the chaff. That's the whole point. He's in a wine press where the walls are about this high because you stomp the grapes. So he's like hiding, trying to thresh wheat in a thing that's not designed to thresh it because he's fearful. He's afraid of these merciless Midianites. Anyway, that's where he is. Check out what the angel of the Lord says to Gideon. Judges 6, verse 12, New International Version. When the angel appeared to Gideon, now he's here hiding, fearfully, fresh in the week. The angel of the Lord appeared to Gideon. He, the angel said, the Lord is with you, mighty warrior. <laughs> so at this point in Gideon's career, he is anything but a mighty warrior. But you know... God doesn't see us as we see ourselves. God doesn't see you as you see yourself. God doesn't look at appearances. God looks at our hearts. And once again, uh, you're going to hear this a lot. It's a takeaway. God doesn't call the equipped. He equips the called. And so check out Gideon's response. <laughs> Pardon me, my Lord. Gideon replied, but if the Lord is with us, why has all this happened to us? Where are all his wonders that our ancestors told us about when they said, did not the Lord bring us up out of Egypt? But now the Lord has abandoned us and given us into the hands of, the, of Midian. The Lord turned to him and said, go in the strength you have 
and save Israel out of Midian's hand. Am I not sending you? Pardon me, my lord, Gideon replied, but how can I save Israel? My clan is the weakest in Manasseh, and I am the least in my family. So welcome to Buttville, Gideon's hometown. He certainly doesn't see himself living up to his name, the name he's been getting, because Gideon means mighty warrior as the angel addresses him. But the Lord sees Gideon very differently than Gideon sees himself. And even though you, uh, Gideon uses these buts in this brief passage, three times he uses but, the Lord is anything but convinced that Gideon is anything less than the mighty warrior his name implies. And the Lord is right, of course, because when the Lord works through us, all things are possible. So he starts, he's going to go into battle. He's got 32,000 troops. And the Lord starts whittling them down till he has an army of 300 going to do battle against an enemy of 15,000. Think about that. 300 against 15,000. And the thing is, he comes out victorious. He comes out victorious because he faithfully follows God's direction. No excuses, no buts. Now in the book of Luke, Luke is in the New Testament. <clears throat> it's the third book in the New Testament. It's a book that tells us who Jesus is, what Jesus does, what he says. We are given insight into what it looks like to be a follower of Jesus, the cost of discipleship. You know, the disciples just weren't the 12 that went with Jesus from town to town. That's all of us, disciples, follower. It's a learner of Jesus. So this applies to us. And this is a time when Jesus and his disciples back then um, are heading to Jerusalem. It's at the time where Jesus is going soon to be arrested, tried, and crucified. Now, check out the exchange that Jesus has with some of his wannabe followers. Mm. Luke 9, 57 to 62. This is from the message version of Scripture, a paraphrase. On the road, someone asked if he could go along. I'll go with you wherever, he said. And Jesus was curt. He said, are you ready to rough it? We're not staying in the best inns, you know. And Jesus said to another, follow me. And he said, certainly, but... <laughs> First, excuse me for a couple of days, please. I have to make arrangements for my father's funeral. Then another said, I'm ready to follow you, Master, but first excuse me while I get things straightened out at home. Jesus said, no procrastination, no backward looks. You can't put God's kingdom off till tomorrow. Seize the day. And so in this story that's paraphrased in, in the message, Jesus encounters three different people, three different guys on the road as he and his disciples head to Jerusalem. Now, the first of the three guys um, offers to go with Jesus wherever. And the challenge here is that the man has no idea what he's offering to sign up for. Mm. And so in that case, Jesus basically puts in 
the but for him because Jesus knows his heart. Jesus knows what's really going on in the inside. I mean, he was willing, but he didn't really know what was going to happen. And so he knew, Jesus knew that this man was not ready to do what it takes to be what it takes to be a follower of Jesus at this point in time. He hadn't counted the cost of discipleship and Jesus knew he really wasn't gonna be ready to pay the cost. With the next guy, Jesus is the initiator telling him to follow him. Come on, follow me. And the guy readily agrees with an immediate but. Certainly I'll follow you, but let me first bury my father. I don't think Jesus has something against us taking care of family business. But he knows in this case that this man is using this as an excuse. Heck, we don't even know if his father's dead yet, do we? <laughs> Let me go make arrangements <laughs> for what doesn't even come to pass. Jesus wants to make sure that this guy has his priorities straight. That kingdom business is going to come first and that the man's not going to be distracted by the day-to-day. -day. Finally, the third guy offers to follow Jesus and he also offers an immediate but. But let me straighten things out at home first. Now, Jesus does not have a problem with us straightening things out at home. Jesus wants things to be straightened out in our homes and in our families, of course. But Jesus knows that for this guy, it's an excuse. It's an, it's an excuse that this man is not going to be able to put kingdom business first, that he's going to have too much on his mind, perhaps. I'm just trying to look into feeling what's going on here. Um, so he's just not able to, to let, let it go to move forward. As Jesus says, no procrastination, no putting off, no looking back. Now in other translations, Jesus says you can't plow the field while you're looking behind. Mm. It's kind of like you can't drive a car if you're looking in the rearview mirror. It just doesn't work. There's a song that a lot of us grew up with if we're in the church. You know, I've decided to follow Jesus. No turning back. No turning back. That means no buts. Mm. You know, just as God the Father didn't care much for the butts offered by Moses and Gideon. Jesus didn't care much for the butts offered by these wannabe followers. See, Jesus doesn't want our excuses. He doesn't want our excuses just like he didn't want theirs. He wants our loyalty, wants our trust, wants our faithfulness. You know, Carrie and I, we've been uh, butters. <laughs> we've said but. <laughs> And we've also been faithful followers. We've been both sides of that, both sides of that at times. And I've got to tell you, when we've been faithful followers, God has never let us down, ever, ever. Like when God would call me into ministry, we've been easy, real, real, real easy to say, but yes, Lord, but. <laughs> well, in that case, <laughs> I said it. You did it. <laughs> but. <laughs> It would have been easy to say, yes, Lord, but, listen to Karen. No. <laughs> yes, Lord, but, uh, maybe later. How about when these four kids are out of the house, uh, <laughs> all done college and weddings? How about when Carrie's done seminary? You know, one of us at a time. 
How about when we've had a chance maybe to save up a little money to prepare for this thing? How about after I, um, after I retire from this nice career that, I've <laughs> that I'm <laughs> kind of enjoying right now? On and on and on, you know? The how abouts could have gone forever, couldn't they? How about, Lord? How about this? And I'm so glad that we did not let those things get in the way. So glad we didn't butt our way out of listening to God. Just because it was going to be a challenge. Just because uh, <laughs> we uh, didn't know all the details. Just because we didn't have the big picture like God did. I'm so glad that we didn't allow that to get in our way. As I've said before, when we've been faithful to God's call, and we haven't always been, but when we have been, God has never let us down, ever, ever. And actually, it's been just the opposite. When we've been faithful to God's call in our lives, especially when that call was going to be very, very challenging, God has allowed us and our children to see just how powerful God is, just what God can do. He's let us see God in action, and we've been blessed far beyond anything we could have even begun to imagine. Yeah. In Jesus' teaching, he used the word but. He just never used it as an excuse. He used it more like a challenge to live righteously, as righteously as possible. Um, good examples are found in Matthew chapter 5, the first book of the New Testament. This chapter is, uh, there's, chapter 5 is this really rich teaching where Jesus uh, teaches over chapters 5, 6, and 7. It's called the Sermon on the Mount. And he begins um, in chapter 5, verse 21, uh, Jesus offers a series of buts in which he calls his followers to go above and beyond the everyday. Here's one of them, Matthew 5, 21, 22. You have heard that it, is, that it was said to the people long ago, you shall not murder, and anyone who murders will be subject to judgment. But I tell you that anyone who is angry with a brother or sister will be subject to judgment. Mm. So you can just kill someone's spirit with, with anger. Mm. As Kerry said, Jesus called his followers, that's you and me too, to go above and beyond the minimum that required the letter of the law. He's calling us to live more righteous lives Another example, Matthew 5, 27 through 30, New International Version. You have heard that it was said, you see a pattern here, you've heard it said, but. You've heard it said, you shall not commit adultery. But I tell you that anyone who looks at a woman lustfully has already committed adultery with her in his heart. If your right eye causes you to stumble, gouge it out and throw it away. Better for you to lose one part of your body than to your whole body to be thrown into hell. And if your right hand causes you to stumble, cut it off and throw it away. It's better for you to lose one part of your body than for your whole body to go into hell. Wow. Again, Jesus is using the but here not as an excuse, but as a call to his followers, to his disciples, to you and me, for more righteous living 
righteous, shored mm -hmm. up, right, you know, we're justified by his grace, trying to be more Christ-like in our dealings with one another. And we wonder, is, is Jesus really telling us to gouge out our eye or cut off our hand, or is this hyperbole, it's exaggeration to make a point? Well, think about this. Would it be better to lose a body part than to lose, lose one's soul? Something to think about. Another example from the Sermon on the Mount, Matthew 5, verses 43 for 40, uh, through 48. Jesus says, You have heard that it was said, Love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I tell you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you, that you may be children of your Father in heaven. He causes his Son to rise on the evil and the good and sends rain on the righteous and the unrighteous. If you love those who love you, what reward will it get? Will you get? Are not even the tax collectors doing that? And if you greet only your own people, what are you doing more than others? Do not even pagans do that? Be perfect, therefore, as your heavenly Father is perfect. Ouch. Ouch. There's that but word again. But I tell you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. Really? Is he kidding? Not hardly. Jesus is calling us to more righteous living, calling us to be more Christ-like in our behavior. He said the God causes the sun to rise on the evil and the good, sends the rains on the righteous and the unrighteous. God loves us all with that agape, unconditional love we talk about in church world. And Jesus calls us to love in the same way that God loves us, that unconditional agape love. You know, it's easy to love those who love you, right? Most days. <laughs> most days. The challenge, though, is to love the unlovable, as God does. But, there's that word again, but, but that's what we're called to do, isn't it? That's what we're called to do. Penny, who I'm sure is watching, she always says, um, it's easy to love the lovable, it's hard to love the unlovely. Hmm. Yeah, such wisdom there. So the question is this, you know the question, how about you? What about you? Do you find yourself being a butter or a buttinsky? Uh, making excuses, I, I do, I do, and I own that, but I know that that's not what God wants, and that's part of trying to get to know God more and more, learning his word, immersing my, my everything in him. And I know I'm a pastor, but that's just not why I do it. It's because I love Jesus, and that's why you do it too. That's what we're called to, to immerse ourselves in Jesus. He doesn't want our buts. He doesn't want our excuses, because that keeps us from being all that we can be, 
all that we're designed to be. God designed us for this purpose and a plan. You're not random. It's not some random bang and who you are and here you are. There's a divine spark in each one of us. And so to live it out, Jesus wants faithful followers, disciples who trust his lead, who can look ahead and not behind, who can stare at a challenge right in the face and know that the victory has already been won and that we just get to walk with him before, behind. He hems us in. I love that scripture in Psalm 139. You hem me in before and behind and all around. Jesus does use the but, though, to call us to more righteous living. To not have us conform to the world. To be in the world, but not of the world. Because there's a higher calling, a call that God places in each one of our hearts, each one of us, calling us to offer our lives not for ourselves, but for him, for him in all we do. And so are you ready to answer that call? No excuses, no buts. As we transition and move into a time of Holy Communion at home and right here, think about that. Think about the buts that we have in our lives and remember Jesus's, but I call you to something higher, to something more. That's the good news. Let's live it and let's believe it. Let's pray. Almighty God, thank you for people like Moses and Gideon who are examples of, but, but, you want that, but, and how you use them and how you equip them. You don't call the equipped, you equip the called. And there's every one of us. You equip us for your purpose and your plan. And so we thank you. We thank you for opportunities that we have each day to connect others with Jesus and the new life that he offers. Thank you for connecting us. Thank you, Lord, for your love, for your righteousness, for your grace, for your salvation. I could go on thanking you all day and tomorrow. But we just humbly come before you now as we enter into this holy time of Holy Communion. In the name of the Father and the Son and by the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thank you for joining us for our podcast. For more information about Connection Community Church in Middletown, Delaware, please visit our website at justshowup.church. You can also call our church offices at 302 378 7692. Connection Community Church, connecting people with Jesus and the life he offers.